this right, haven't I? Look at that, we're on. It's another Sunday and we're on. All these happy people out there can see us now, I do hope. Anyway, welcome to Disability Horizons TV. Yes, we're oh. back again after another fortnight. <laughs> oh, oh, there I am. I'm there you go. That's our first technical hiccup of the show. Hooray! <laughs> Thanks for watching. See you in two weeks. <laughs> Just a warning for you, we are, we are going to learn how to share Zex Tech. Because not only do we want to, because it sounds really good, and we'll probably make a good T-shirt when it's Zex Tech. So we will get round to that, and and yeah, eventually I'll make it even worse when it's my go. But yeah, it's uh, we're talking Disability Pride Month and <sighs> Freedom Day, yes, and Freedom Day, and uh, yeah, yes, Freedom Day, uh, and how it's affected us and you, because we want to know how it's affected you. So we want you to call in. We're not calling, but so we can see your name along the bottom there. Anyway, to discuss this, we have the insatiable Mick Scarlett. We have the beekeeping beard that is Zek Richardson. Myself as host, Dan White, who is the only man ever to beat Sue Perkins in a Sue Perkins lookalike competition. And joining us, we have the wonderful and phenomenal and brilliant Georgia Vine, who's an incredible, incredible blogger and campaigner. So welcome, Georgia. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> so I'd like to kick off. Um, Georgia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Georgia. I have several projects, and we do that all following the mind week. And I'm a part time wheelchair user, and and I just completed a degree in occupational therapy. So I I do a blogging intensive but to be disabled healthcare student and raising awareness of online communities and online healthcare. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> no, and it's a great nutshell. And I've, we've, I've known you a long time and you're just an amazing person. So thank you for doing this. A check's in the post. Okay. <laughs> check's in the post. Yeah, on that on that old I'll still write checks. Yeah, yeah, with a, <laughs> with a wax seal. That's a level wax seal. But anyway, Disability Pride Month. So, Mick, what does Disability Pride mean to you? Ah, well, ah. Uh, hi, so you've come to me first. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, well, for me it's weird because uh I mean I've always felt proud of who I am, and I am disabled, and I've been disabled since I was born. And my mum raised me not only to believe that I was as good as other people who weren't disabled, but that I was better. And so I kind of, because basically what she said was that if they had stuff like you to put up with, they wouldn't be the person that you are. You're amazing. You always get on with it. You always overcome. You, you know, things happen and you build your life and keep going. And it's something I think that most of my disabled friends have. You know, not all, but a lot of them kind of every time something happens, they build, they keep going. They just keep fighting for the life they want. So I kind of, and we've seen when we get on to talking about Freedom Day, that the majority of the population aren't that good, are they? Because they, uh, as we've seen, uh, seem to have collapsed under the whole pressure of a whole year where they can't do exactly what they want when they want to do it. But that's our lives. And so we get on with it and we build a life around that. Um but I think that the event is a great idea. I've been going to Pride, Pride, like Gay Pride, since I was 
sort of about 17. Um, and, uh, you know, back then it was a much smaller affair. It was much more protesting and banners and that kind of stuff. But I've seen it grow and change and I've seen society move with it. And I think it would be a really great thing if this idea of disability pride and the event and the month became something like that. And we started having events and parties and, you know, kind of as well as, you know, raising awareness and sort of cosmic flags and stuff. But uh, yes, I'm I, I, I'm all for it, and I I like it. It's good. <laughs> no, it is. It's cracking. But for from my point of view, it's it's obviously it's been overshadowed by Freedom Day, and the fact is, but but then every year disability pride seems to get lost lost in the mire of everything. even if there's nothing major going on that particular month. It's very rare outside the community that we actually talk about it, and that's why I think when you do she talk knows. about it, people get confused with disability pride and gay pride. I mean, there's no wrong with the distinction between, but it just seems to be every year lost. There seems to be a big will lack of will for media and stuff like that to yeah. generally push it out. I didn't even know it was happening. I've never yeah. heard of it before. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all for all that kind of stuff. And I've always thought, we need an event like Pride. Yeah. And then suddenly someone went, oh, it's Disability Pride Month. And I was like, really? But yeah. then there's also, it's always uh, something, something day, isn't it? Like Spinal Cord Injury Day or something. Yeah. Like, no idea when they are either. Do we know who so, started it? Has anyone done their homework? Who's, who's it started, started in America, wasn't it? In the 90s, I believe. He said, stroking his beard in a semi-intelligent <laughs> way. Has anyone done their was. homework? Yeah, no, I think it was. I think it was start, starting in, in America in probably about the mid-90s. And if it um, wasn't, it is now. I know, that the Oracle of Truth <laughs> will put me right now because I'm going to put him on the spot and ask him what disability pride means to him other than beekeeping. <laughs> I'm just going to look up when it's dying. <laughs> disability... <laughs> I'm going to say I'm the opposite to Mick because obviously I wasn't born disabled, so I haven't had that whole upbringing of being used to it. So when I became disabled, I lost my pride. But I think that was not so much from maybe my disability, but my disability stopping me working. And so I lost that sense of purpose, that sense of pride. And that's what my blogging and my videos done for it. Even though nobody watches them or reads them, it's, it's given me that. It's given me a sense of purpose. And so I think it's great. And uh, But like you say, you know, it's getting it heard and seen because we'll all talk about it amongst ourselves and go, oh, isn't it wonderful? But yeah. outside of the disability community, everybody's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, which is quite ironic when you consider that, that just the sheer diversity of the disabled community, that mm. the sheer colour, creed, religion, neurodiverse, everything that's within it. You would have thought people would be jumping on to celebrate it, jumping on. Even, I don't mind people bandwagging it as long as it gets the voice out there. But I, I love the fact you talked about your blogging and stuff like that, because people do read them. I do read them. And I know that Georgia <laughs> is an incredible blogger. And if, yep. if I'm right, didn't you, did, Georgia, didn't you win a, an award for blogging? Yeah, I want the DVD you get of becoming disability bugger in the new world. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Not so terrible palsy.com. Yeah, yeah, I've known George a long time and I know she's very, very proud of who she is, very, very proud of what she does. So, what what does Disability Pride Month actually mean to you, Georgia? It means me not me because I am proud to be with you. Who I am, like, uh, and like, make up uh, with bond disabled, and I never really know any different. And I guess, like, going at disabled is always hard time when you realize, okay, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to do it 
being asked to be that bit. Um, I am bad when they were doing like, it's a good day, but like, oh, I admit that you wouldn't be the person you are without your disability. So, yeah, celebrate that. Yeah, absolutely superb. But I want a question I really want to ask all of you is I mean, from my point of view, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud. I'm, I'm really, really proud of the fact the way that Emily has been brought up just to be um, a, a kicking against the sort of person. I won't actually mention the word, but she's very, very proud of who she is. And I'm very, very proud of who she is. Mm -hmm. And it brought me back to that age old question when mum said to me, well, why didn't you have children earlier? And my answer was, well, it wouldn't have been Emily then. And my life wouldn't mm -hmm. have been so utterly mm -hmm. blessed by this, just, this, mm -hmm. this just animated sense of pride on wheels, as I call her. <laughs> But, but yeah, that describes it, Emily it, very well, actually. It does. <laughs> but the, the, the point is that she's never heard of this disability problem. It's not even talked about in her school. A school no know nothing about it. So I was just wondering, you guys, why do you think there's such a hesitancy from the, the wider world to really go full steam with talking and promoting and broadcasting disability rights? What do you think are the reasons why this doesn't happen? I, I mean, without jumping in there as usual, it's me talking again. No, surely not. Um, I think that Zach hit the nail on the head because for many people, most people become disabled, right? And I mean, I'm weird. Like I said before, I was disabled and then something happened and I became differently disabled or I had a different impairment. So I've been through that horrible battle to get my life back together. But I think that for many people who aren't disabled from birth, it can be a huge loss and a huge grieving process. And we as society don't really say that you're not out the other side when you're getting back on with it, right? People tend to go, oh, we well, look at those Paralympians. They're all, they, they, aren't, they aren't grieving about becoming disabled. They're getting on with it. And it's like, no, you're still stuck in your grief. And it takes a huge amount of time, a huge amount of work and the society that welcomes you that lets you get over that. I was lucky. Like I said, I was told I was better than everybody else. So when I became more unable to do things physically, I knew inside that I would build my life again, rebuild it and get back on that horse or wheelchair or whatever. And that, I think, is it, which is why people avoid it. Because most people, I think, know someone who likes X said, well, I don't feel any pride about being disabled because I'm still fighting to get well, fighting to get the treatment I deserve, fighting to get the support I deserve. And so it's hard. It's a really hard thing to say to a society that paints you as being broken, little, weak things, or scroungers, depending on which one television you watch, that says that you can't be proud of that. And I think that's the key. So Zek has put his hand up. So I'm yeah, channel, five. channel 5. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the intolerable channel. I think they're all. I mean, I personally think they're all pretty bad. I mean, I, you know, I, I think the next show I'm going to do is going to be about this coverage of the Paralympics and, and whether it's good or bad. And I think that we, even when they're trying to be proud, they fail yes. because of the fact that it's a group. It's for non-disabled people. It's most. It's it's not being done by us for us. And I think that voices like George's get crushed because of the fact that most people don't believe that you can be proud of being disabled. They just don't. No, I, I think you're laying on the head there. They, they, they look around, don't they? People look at Emily and think, well, she, she, can't, she can't be proud. Poor little thing. What I, what I call that these people always remember what I call the R-Bless Club. Well, oh, she can't. Oh, look at her. She must suffer intolerable. Mm. 
but everyone suffers to some degree. But she's really, really proud of who she is, what she's accomplished, and what she's done. In much the same way Georgia has. Yeah. And I'm just going to jump in because no, Bal, on. Bal on the comments has just said that yeah, you know, he, they're, they're working in India. Right, yeah. they've got polio. It's affected their arms. Um, they're a social worker, so very much like Georgia, they're going into the health and the care sector, and they're trying to help other disabled people in India. Now, that's oh, yeah. what I'm proud of. That's the thing I think we have to be proud of is that it used to be that people did stuff for us, yes, and we had to kind of just take it, and it was always rubbish, and we always were made to feel like we had to say thank you so much for something we should really get. But I think that now we're starting to do it for ourselves as DDPOs, bringing up all over the place. There's you know people like Georgia and Zek and us all pushing for equality, and that I think is something to be really proud of. So well done, Bal. Nice one. That's what that's we like fan, to see. Yeah, absolutely fantastic comment. There you go. See, better than GB News, isn't it? See, we've even got viewers in India. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not, yeah, we are in total. Viewers in England. You'll know when we get as bad as GB News when we start getting desperate for attention, like the way they've suddenly got desperate and have employed that man whose name begins mm. with F. Who can actually do what starts with it? Anyway, we're talking about politics again, folks. Let's stop talking about politics. <laughs> yeah, no, no more politics. We're all aware that our viewers are from a, a, not from a multi-diverse background, but also from a multi-political background. So our presenters' views are based on our own experiences. So you can probably tell which political sway we are. But yeah, coming back to Georgia, Georgia. Um, as you are young, like Emily and uh, uh, Mick, what? <laughs> Yeah, I know. No, no, no. But uh, as you are, can you see a future where Disability Pride Month will, thanks to the work you're doing and, and the work that younger generation doing, will get bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger as your talents seep out into society? Can you see a day when Disability Pride Month will, will be on par with everything else that goes around? I hope there. Um... Like as there's many many people like me then the disabled community get bigger and bigger and more voices are out there. So I hope doing I hope that it becomes more well known in other communities as well, like uh, this month is actually come quite a good time for us because we're in the middle of launching a new Able a TUK platform where to do with occupational therapy or occupational therapy, London condition, whatever you want to call it. And, and we've done that, that is to the OT community, from the disability community, to try and get the word out there and get both his head. So I'm hoping that I'd like we make way more money in other communities. Then it do get bigger and it will it will be nice to to yeah. de- get bigger and to to hear more about it and to like make that good to rent and yeah so I mean, yeah it's incredible with the uh, disability population for giving for almost fourteen million plus and you got one and a half million disabled people it's quite quite a lot of people who should have a voice to allow their celebrations yeah. to be heard. Isn't it? It's, it strikes me rather bizarre that it's all been quite muted. I know the the um, I'm going to sigh again. <sighs> Freedom Day has overtaken that. I mean, we, we're coming at the minute. Was Freedom Day is, is is not really changed for a lot of people, but I'm very much proud. I mean, as someone with, with a, a mental illness and mm. someone who's uh, undiagnosed autistic, 
which I will probably forever all be always be undiagnosed at my age. I'm still very proud, and I've always been very proud to be part of this community. Do you know what I mean? I, I would rather not be in any other community because it is so multiculturally diverse. It's just absolutely wonderful, and it's brimming with all, all, all colours, creeds, and talents. So, from my point of view, it just seems like a no-brainer why people are not interested. This is almost as if there's a will not to be interested. I think the thing is, if 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 we could get society, I mean, you don't want to. I don't. I don't think we're. we're it'd be a while before we end up with sort of the same effect that pride, gay pride has. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't, I don't think. And I, like, to be honest, having like I said, having been at gay pride for a long time, I think they've lost their way now. They've just become big corporate events. Back mm. in the the same the eighties and the nineties, they were joyous celebrations of being different and of being uh, proud of being gay, uh, from that whole LGBTQ community, you know, they were just, you know, it was wonderful. And I think we as a community could capture that and try it ourselves. And I hope that it's, you know, I know that it's having, just when I was getting ready for this, I was thinking, do you know what? This might be something I might try and do myself in the future. I've got loads of friends in the events community. I've got loads of friends in, you know, in places like Drake Music and Attitude is Everything and all that. We could all get together and say, right, we know it's coming. It's every year. Let's start off with a nice little event somewhere that's famous for its access. And then we could do them all over the country in those kind of the, the towns that we know are accessible. Yeah. So. You know, but but I think the thing is as well is it's really important to remember that the, if we can do this, it makes the lives of people like Zek who go, I don't feel pride about it at all, easier, because it allows them to under to hear our story. Because I think that's the thing is when you don't feel proud of being disabled, you hear people like us that go, well, I'm always been proud, I'm proud, and think, well, there's something wrong with me. And what it actually is is that it was a, it was one we were raised a certain way. And we didn't know, we don't know what it's like to be not disabled. That's true. But also that that we saw the positives in something that society tells you is negative. When it happens to you, as it does, you know, most disabled people are not born. They become part of our clan. And it's a huge battle to get your head around the pain, the differences, the, the way you can't do things, all of the hospital appointments, all that kind of rubbish. But you never had before. Yeah. Whereas for us, you know, Georgia, Emily, and myself, it's basically, oh, off to hospital again. Strange people putting their hands in places that no one else does. Fine. You know, all of that stuff. But we owe it to all the other disabled people that are new to the gang to say that, you know, we can support you. And that's why I think, you know, it's funny I was saying on social media that just telling people about your life on social media is such an act of activism yes. because it allows other people to see in your, you see through the window and go, yes. oh, I've got that. I have that. Yeah. And that's the biggest act of pride you can yeah. have. Just not to it's why alone. I'm, my, it's why I admire Zek so much because Zek talks about stuff that a lot of other people who become disabled don't feel they can. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Sorry, Zek, what are you going to say? Again, I was just kept talking. No, but I agree. I absolutely agree, Zek. And that's absolutely right. Zek Twitter feed. So, Zek, do you want to embellish a bit more about what Mick was saying? Yeah, if I hadn't tuned out. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to have to get a thing that gets just this Mick shut the up. Right, just a little sign. Yeah, gets yeah we're getting Diane with a boxing glove. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it is very different. And I think the whole thing of not feeling proud is also, like we say about certain TV stations, newspapers that have been running what seems to be, my own opinion, 
Mm. Um, government-run campaigns to make us appear as scrounging, low-life, not worthy of anything, so that they can then go in Parliament and vote, no, they're not going to get a, a rise yep. for their benefits in line with yep. inflation. And it's like you're always pushed down, down, down. So that is, that's the biggest battle, the media battle, I think. And if that can be won by getting people on board, then it should help people coming in. Stop this negativity, this on benefits and proud and oh look there's a man in a wheelchair and at the weekends is a referee running around the the thing you know <laughs> the, you know yeah. fraud, fraud for disability is less than one percent exactly yeah, yeah they're the stories that always make it out well it's easy target syndrome isn't it you look at uh, great corporations that don't pay taxes that everyone's lauding Jeff Bezos for launching himself in the space launching Richard Branson for launching in a giant penis who, yeah who was only the other week going to the government saying, can I please have 80 billion for my failing airplane business? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they're quite happy for him not to pay taxes and launch yourself into space so you can look down at all the poor people who are starving that he could have paid the taxes with and fed them. So, yeah, it's quite ironic that, that, that the media do lord, seem to lord greed and, 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 and status rather than they do that people are willing to actually make a change. I mean, the Black well, Lives Matter yeah. have seen this, haven't they? They've been just so put upon and put upon and put upon by the media have been stereotypes, and this is so frustrating. But it always happens, even back down to when Jimmy Carr got caught for tax evasion, a little bit yeah. of tax evasion. Mm. David Cameron shamed him, and yet his money comes from a father who's putting his money offshore. My opinions About are now. my own. Yeah, now these, we need the, these are the views of the viewers thing. Yeah, hang on, up let, there, let, just because we're me, getting quite fairly mad. <laughs> Quick, somebody save us. Georgia, come in there and save us from our own political ramblings before we end up in trouble. <laughs> Well, I don't, I, well, I don't think we'll end up in trouble because our experiences are there anyway. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, 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 but going back to Pride Month, uh, in essence, in itself, I, I think, I think myself personally, there will be a sea change with it. I think there will be a media sea change with it because yeah. they, they've got young people now like Georgia are out there winning awards, yeah. wanting, wanting to do their show that they can do this, so they can do that. And, and the more people engage within the media and, and within whatever our young people are doing, I think the more will change. The only frustrating thing is that I'm not going to see it in my lifetime. But I think you, yeah. Georgia, and, and people at Emily will be leading that pride in what you do and that pride in your engagement and seeing that forward. I mean, Georgia, can you see a time when Pride Month will just be, yeah, that's it. Everyone will want to celebrate. Everyone will be doing it without it being too corporate. I thought I didn't there. I mean, yeah, yeah why not? I mean, we are, we got the disabled community out there and we are making noise and hopefully, hopefully we get heard and we even know firing our belly to, to do it and to try to work it. Love that. I love, I love that, the fist pump of power there. Social media has helped, doesn't it? Because all these voices yeah. that are trapped behind doors yeah. are suddenly able to make a shout even if they can't get off the settee yeah exactly that's what mick was saying social media has been invaluable because if people are honest enough to give insight within their lives and that creates that audience to two plus four plus six plus eight people engagement which i think is absolutely pivotal without social media i think we really will be still stuck in those dark ages absolutely the thing, the thing is I, I know it's i could bang on about this all the bloody world but we forget in, I mean, I I was, when I was George's age, I was a famous TV presenter. I won, <gasps> like, BAFTAs and Emmys and stuff. Well, I didn't win a BAFTA. I was beaten by another kid's TV presenter that I won't talk about. But anyway, so 
So we've got to remember our history. Um, oh, God, the guy that used to do Art Attack. You remember Art Attack? Yes, yeah. He won my battle. Neil Buchanan. Neil Buchanan. Did he? But anyway, the thing to remember is that we mustn't forget our history. Because we, everyone at the moment is always going on about, oh, well, it's always been bad. We used to have, an, uh, uh, like I said, From the Edge, and that before that was one in four, and there was a program on every single TV channel, all four of them, that was about disability. So, you know, we are, you know, oh, wow, look, we're at the Paralympics. Isn't it great? Look, here come the cripples, right? But that is still nothing compared to what we used to have. So a big one, I think, for the younger generation, Emily, Georgia, and that is to say, right, learn your history and don't let them let it happen again because what happened before was they lifted us up and then they went that'll do occlusion and dropped us and that's what happened so that's why we're still where we are now and i think that's the thing is that there was a huge movement of disability pride when i was young and it was just you know every active disabled person i met was proud and they had placards saying it you know and then it kind of slipped away because there was this huge siege change in the way society saw us and it was due to the fact the media just dropped us and as you can tell we've got some freedom day fans outside my house that are all singing it's a joy I I know where you live Mick Scarlett <laughs> you've no, got my so Emmy <laughs> But no, you're absolutely right. And what I love about your Twitter feed, Mick, is, is recently you, you've been posting those amazing pictures of you when you were younger. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And, and just, no, it's great because you can, the, the pride that you have in your past mm. and the pride you have in those pictures really, really, really shows through. And it's absolutely fantastic. But I, I think that's right. I just can't remind everyone that I used to be beautiful, that's all. <laughs> You're beautiful inside. <laughs> no, back then I was beautiful on the outside as well. I was gorgeous. <laughs> all, right, all right, don't up the ante. Don't up the ante. There's only so much four no can do with that two pound fifty you give me. But do you I know, know what I mean? I know. It was it's wonderful to see that, and and, and it's wonderful because I, I tweet pictures of Emily, but Dominic, obviously with her permission, I always ask her first. Yeah. But it's that pride we give. Where George has tweeted because I understand you. You you are a qualified OT or nearly qualified OT now. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I finished my degree, but I need to graduate. Yeah, yeah. Can't get any good data. I am because I'm not on the register, but. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's, it's that's funny because that's what we were talking about last time, wasn't it? That's what we were talking about last step program was about the fact that there's not enough disabled people in the medical yeah. care arena. Absolutely, that means that we're always being cared for by someone that doesn't get it. The idea yeah. of going to Georgia and going, "Hello, I need some OT help," and her going, "Hey, I'm one of the gang. I know <laughs> what you need. I might not know exactly what you need because we have a different impairment, but I know what it's like." And that is just again, we're back to pride. How much would that have helped someone like Zek if when yeah. he'd have gone into that hot, hot room to be starting talking about what I need to get back to being normal and back to getting my life together? Yes. I might not run around anymore, but I'm going to get my life back. That someone wheeled in or limped in, or you know, and went, Hey, I've been there. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. Pass that pride on to Zek. Mm. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I can see that George is probably going to be the richest OT on the face of the planet because oh. she's going to be wall to wall. 14 million appointments booked up, George. Do, do, uh, do people go into occupational therapy for wealth? Oh, I don't well, know about that. So <laughs> Jeff Bezos started. Jeff Bezos started as an OT. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, yeah, George will be soon out about doing a road here, which is fantastic, and talking out and about. 
Yes, it's been Freedom Day, isn't it? Freedom Day, just absolutely fantastic. So for a good portion of the population, Freedom Day means that they can go on doing things that they did anyway before the lockdown. Whereas carers like me and probably no doubt some uh, immunocompromised people and a lot of other people, I don't know about you guys, it's the same old thing of just, okay, so we're just staying a bit more and hope these people who have been locked down will actually learn the lesson of what it's like to live with a disability or a compromised immune system but there we go we don't know so mick how have you found apart from the shouting from neil buchanan that's all your widow how have you found, has freedom day affected you in any way positively or negatively i, I to, to be honest um i was told very early on in lockdown that i was not clinically vulnerable at all so i acted like everybody else and it was only when the rollout of the vaccine came and a letter came going, oh, do you know you're um, liable for a, an early vaccine because you're clinically vulnerable? What? When? What? what? So uh, I'd been going like living normally and then, you know, so I rushed out and got my vaccine then got my second one. And um, I haven't been taking a great deal of notice of it all, to be honest. Um, I've done all the follow all the rules, but kind of um, I'm not going to sort of let it get in my way um because again i think um it started to really affect my health my mental health and i thought well now i've had the vaccine hopefully i don't think i am vulnerable i think it's just basically a case of you're disabled that will do it's like you know but i think that um i think that what's what it's shown to me my life isn't any different i you know i i'm still following the rules but i'm not kind of staying indoors i've not shrunk my world any more than i did at the start but i think it's shown to me that the non-disabled community the the mainstream again we're back to this idea of not them not being out of cope you know they've had a taste of our yes. lives yes. for a very short amount of time and they're all now standing on the steps you know on trafalgar square talking about nurses and doctors being nazis and god and it's just like it, and all of this has happened in the space of this one little period where they've had an insight that's all an insight because yeah. it wasn't a full lockdown we only locked down for a tiny period and then we were allowed to go out for an hour and within a little while we were kind of you know you could go you know soon the restaurants were open outside and you know it's not been you know a year and a half of being stuck in bed yeah which it's a lot a lot of us have experienced yeah. you know yeah. so so i think it, it's it says something more about society so i think it's why people are so scared of disability pride because it kind of shows their own failings and i think that this really has shown that society needs if anything it needs us to help them become stronger and better people no you're right i think it's shown how, how fickle society really is mm. you know what i mean mm. oh we've we've had to stay at home with vast quantities of food fresh air and stuff yeah. like that for a few weeks oh god it's like it's like north korea and now we're free and we've got no food freedom day we're all starving <laughs> freedom day we're all starving it's got nothing to do with the ping as we all know Nothing to do with the ping. I mean, 80,000 EU lorry drivers have gone home, but yeah, it's yes. all to do with the ping. My opinion, yeah, my yes. opinion. <laughs> nice one, Zach, nice one. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It, I think Mick's right when you said, <clears throat> because it's given them a, a, a bit of a tissue of lies, now they're in fear of it. They're okay. in fear of having to go to back. Oh, I was just say we'll never go. I can't, I can't be doing that. I can't be doing that. I've, I've got, I'm an executive. I've got blah, 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 and all that nonsense. But Zach, how have you found the terminology of Freedom Day? I mean, a lot of people have found it offensive. Have you found it an offensive term? I think it was wrong. To be honest, I don't think it should have happened. I think everyone around the world was screaming at 
somebody i won't name a party because we're not biased but they were they were shouting at a particular leader of a certain party saying don't do it but yeah. that leader knew that if they did do it it would end their career and so i think this was more about career saving than saving the country although then you know like you say people are like oh but don't lock me back up it'd be awful Mm. And but now we're being let out of this whole herd immunity, and it could re ruin the vaccines because it could allow the vaccine to mm. jump. I yep. think it's complete nonsense. But funnily enough, I mean, I only go out if it's not for medical like, under ten times a year, maybe. But I went out on Monday. I ventured to B and Q, one point two kilometers away, and I have to say, most people were wearing masks, and I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, yeah. I wasn't surprised because the fact that B and Q had put baskets in the middle of aisles and I couldn't get down them but I was pleasantly surprised by people's <laughs> you know wearing masks there was only a few without and they were looking yeah. at us kind of like what are you doing you're weird mm. but I, I, I found it weird I just think it it's too it's not right it's too soon well it is too soon but then uh if you can put that thing up about our opinions please being different again because I just want to say something yeah if you're going to employ a Chancellor of the Exchequer as a health secretary you really really know what sort of outlook you're going to get for society don't you it's, it's, it's cash it's, it's cash before health sort of thing but yeah thank you for putting that up but yeah Georgia how have you found Freedom Day how, how have you found the whole principle of it has it affected you any differently than it has the last 18 months well obviously not Freedom Day <laughs> and but I have been friends that much. I've been out today to see friends. Um, I went to the hairdressers and, and that was it. I just been working indoors and don't get me wrong, it was, it was nice like, to do things with my friends. But for me, and I know you did this on a previous year, but for me it's been quite hard because I've almost forgot how disabling society you like mm, and like yeah, I'm not yeah. ready to prepare for that again like yeah. we went we went on a day out and I um, forgot to put my wheelchair on charge and I was like oh no I'm not going to use today yeah getting back to normal life and just yeah yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. the scariest bit for me too Georgia is you know I I you, I, I kind of quite enjoyed lockdown, to be honest. I had quite a nice time. I worked and it was all nice and it was, it was all comfortable. I'd always knew I could get to the toilet. And now I'm going out again. I'm like finding myself um, in situations where I can't go to the loo and I can't get yeah. in the building. And like all my friends are just doing stuff. And if I can't go, they don't go, oh, we won't do it. They're just like, oh, well, diddly pomme. And you're like, I forgot all this. I forgot the fact that I get left out of everything because, oh, no. you know, and it's funny because talking about pride again i think there's something proud in that because most other people would not cope with that level of rejection day in day out all the time no and way. i think that you know we are you know we fight to stop it we fight so that younger people don't have the same experiences that i had and then you know your generation georgia will fight so that the next generation don't and all that kind of stuff although admittedly i am old enough to be the next next generation before you which is kind of depressing but anyway but do you know what i mean and i think that we see that lockdown has kind of shown us to me that, <laughs> that kind of everybody else just, just, just ah, come on yeah. uh, and, it, it, and it's been a real eye-opener i i hoped and i bet you all did too that that this would show people what it was like and we'd come out being out and say you know that lockdown thing well that's what it's like to be disabled and yeah so you know how annoying it was we could make the world so it didn't do that to people all the while and we now know that that's 
not happening. <laughs> no, no, life will go back to as it was and they forget. I think it's going to get worse. I think they're going to tear stuff up because, you know, are we, we're already seeing, you know, uh, adaptations of stations being cancelled because of cost. Loads of places I know are saying, oh, we were going to make our building accessible. But we can't afford to now because of the, you know, the money we've lost. And, and you know, it's just like horrific. No, so and lots, I agree. Freedom Day is definitely not freedom for us. That's for no, sure. I, and I think you're absolutely spot on. So I just finished writing an article for someone about that, about how it, it's a bit of a pipe dream one, but really it, how when lockdown first happened and everyone mm. saw the scenarios and the situations we live in under, that was a prime time for society to suddenly mm. realise how inaccessible it is. All this build back better stuff that keeps floating around. Mm. If that had been put into practice, the whole country had been shut and everyone yeah. had looked around and engaged with us, suddenly we thought, well, if we're going to build back better, why don't we build it back better more accessible. What so, do you mean, Dan, yeah, that maybe yeah. the, the furlough scheme was tied to buildings being made accessible so that when you paid for businesses to support their workers and the businesses were shut, you could pay for that business to be readapted and made accessible, funded by the government, and that would allow um, building uh, contractors to still work. It would have allowed there to be this sudden opening up of society so that when we came out of lockdown, all the buildings that hadn't been accessible a year and a half ago, which is you know, which have always said, we can't do the changes because we're too busy and we're always when would we do it because we need to shut they've had a year and a half of being shut and they're going to open and have done nothing yeah that's my argument because the other argument is the other argument always gets oh we're an old building well you can retrofit i've been to a 14th century church with the lift mm. so you can retrofit but it would have been an ideal time for all that money and all that investment people take a step back but let's make it all accessible because funny enough purple pound there's a lot of money that could be heaped back into that economy a now. Yeah. A lot of money. Because because I'm constantly reading, Mick, you, you tweeting about Camden and how inaccessible it is. Mm. When they've got you on their doorstep I as know. an access... That's why it's inaccessible. Because <laughs> <laughs> I turn up and they ignore me. <laughs> but just, do you see what I mean? You, you yeah. were sat there in the middle of lockdown with all this experience mm -hmm. of access and inclusion. In a, in a part of London that's completely inaccessible, it would have taken one person to go, look, perhaps we should do something about this, because when we open up, the country's going to be so short of cash. And look how much money is supposedly floating around the disabled community. If we could tip into that, no, we well, might boom ourselves back out of recession. If you so want to laugh. it perplexes me why people like yourself are not on the board of people mm. who design and build. If you people want to laugh, Camden Market is about to have a Changing Places toilet installed, but it's cobbled throughout... Yeah. So it means that anyone that needs to change in places toilet has got to battle across a load of cobbles to get to the toilet for people that have high care needs. So, and one of the big problems is, is that we are getting stuff done for us, not with us or by us. And I've yes. always said this, and this is the yes. key to pride. We've got to change that. George's generation have got to be at the top, at the table. You know, you can't be like us shouting on the outside, doing a little show online. You know, this needs, you know, George's generation needs to be doing this on mainstream television, on, yeah. on Sky News or something, having a proper show, talking about this stuff yeah. Yeah. with a viewing audience, you know. That but businesses, businesses don't care. I started just as lockdown here. I went mm. to Southend Airport and I did a thing about flying from there with a disability. Mm. And they were really helpful. They took me through the whole, even though I wasn't going anywhere, through check-in and security, showed me the whole lot. And I thought, right, this is going to do accessible South End for people that are looking at an accessible days out. Mm. And then lockdown, I thought, right, we've come out, and I've literally all the venues and everything around South End, I've emailed all the businesses saying people will be Googling 
accessible days out and how many businesses have replied to me in south end was it less than one yeah really <laughs> none less than one none even, even the big big venues like the cliss pavilion the museums like adventure mm. island the sea life center none of them yeah. Well, not meaning to be funny, but we all know that as, at some point in our lives, everybody will be incapacitated at some point. And I'm not meaning to be cruel or wishing bad on someone, but that just maybe someone might take a fall. The manager might take a fall, twist his ankle or something, break a leg and be in a wheelchair for a week and suddenly go, hang on a minute, I can't get in my own building here. Just, oh, yeah, perhaps I should have made it a bit accessible. Mm. Not voodoo or anything. You know, this is just my yeah. yada, 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 own experiences, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Like you said, we need to leave it up. All the time, just all yeah. the while, we just need to all wear T-shirts saying yeah. all our views that are our own. Yeah. Exactly. I was taught many years ago by a guy in the fire service, Ken, he said to me, whenever you say something, always say, in my considered opinion, because then no one can say you're wrong. If you start with that, no one can say you're wrong because it's your opinion. Well, I was always told to start saying things by saying, well, basically, but I have no intention of joining the British World Basically Club. Because it's mm. such an overused statement. Yeah, such an overused yeah. statement. But basically, well, basically, you've got to appreciate <laughs> Well, basically, Georgia, have you, as we're winding up, Georgia, have you ever used the phrase, well, basically, when you've started to talk to anyone? Probably. Oh, I was going to say, well, basically, I had. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's what you were going to say. No, we don't want you to get a pint in car and then, like, not being heard in that well. It would be great to be to be heard more. It, it, mm. it's about, I mean, I can't stand. I can't stand the words "freedom day." It's it's just actually, no. it's, it's like the end of World War Two or something. It, it's nothing that dramatic. You just yeah, have to shut your door. <laughs> yeah, you just have to shut your door for a few months. But once again, disability's been on the losing side of it. Yeah, your COVID's over. Yeah, everyone who's got disability, you know, cheer up a bit. You'll be all right. Everyone is in a wheelchair. To be honest, I think it's worse than that. I've heard people, it happened all the way through lockdown, but it's happening even more now, saying, ah, yeah, but it only affects the old and the sick. And it's like, no, now it's affecting all the young, non-vaccinated people. But, hey, that's up to you. You believe what you like. And so, yeah, no, it's it's been bad. and It's been confusing. Right it's no, it has been confusing. Because, like you said, you we were told initially Emily was vulnerable. week later, let her, no, she's not yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, week later, yeah. yes, she is. No, she isn't. Yes, yep. she is. No, she isn't. So I, I was just wondering what esteemed medical professionals have access to our records to actually tell us that opinion. I expect as someone very grey in a suit, like you said, looking at, oh, wheelchair user, yes, obviously disabled. Yes, yes. Let's, make, let's make that assumption because we're good at miserable. 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 So I think if we're going to do another lockdown, we need to uh, push for Georgia to be in charge of the entire country's medical records and put an official stamp on it about who's vulnerable or not. What do you say, oh, George? Don't, don't look at the page 95 of mine, Georgia, please. No, just... <laughs> 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 He'll try something once. <laughs> oh, I to think. But yeah, guys, so, uh, are we all agree that, that Freedom Day terminology is, is quite offensive, really? Yeah. <laughs> ah, Zek, nail on the head there, I feel. Nail on the head, Zek, and we move to a post nine o'clock watershed time slot from next week. But yeah, Georgia, do you find the term freedom offensive or do you think it's just. Yeah, just... you can't do it offensive because, like, it just the nerves start behind it. Like, nothing else. 
respected by society and then we treat well freedom. freedom yeah. and that's the kind of thing that we all dress up in blue woad and start waving axes around uh, and that's enough references to Mick, that. Can, can you yeah. mash up the free Nelson Mandela song? <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> on. But free all of the disabled people of the world. Did it? It'd be a bit difficult, but yeah, like, I'm sure. We'll probably get sued now for using no, that. No, it'd be the same as it was in the message. No one will truly understand it and just dance. I, I think it'll work effectively because all afternoon I've had to listen to a song called Keep, uh, uh, They're Turning the Friggin' Frogs Gay while we're painting. And I can't remember what famous, really, really angry, nasty right-wing uh, pundit said that, but someone's turned it into a song. Just oh, something right. to end on, isn't it? There you go. It is. On. It is. Yeah. Are we, are, without being funny, are we going to do our top tips on being proud? Or should yes, we just, let's, let's, let's start do with that. that. Let's, let's do that. Top, we, like, tip, we always like to end on a, on a positive, don't yes. we? Yes. Come on, Mick. Hit me with tips. Right, so I my top tip. tips on being proud are don't let the bastards grind you down. Right, simple. Oh, that. yeah, bit me. Right, <laughs> two. Right, remember, you are amazing. Whatever's happening, however bad you feel at that moment, right, you will get back on top. And three, don't let other people tell you what your success should look like because you should be proud of the little things you achieve as well as the big things you achieve. And once you start being proud of the little bits you do, you'll start realizing you can do more and more and more. And then that's how you rebuild. That's how. I stay proud. You know, I've spent the whole weekend laying on the sofa in pain, taking loads of painkillers. And that's how I've managed to stay, got through that, is going, right, I'm building slowly back to not being on painkillers. I'm getting back to being me. And that's it. That's how I got proud. And also have a mum that tells you you're better than everybody else on the entire planet. Remember that one. If nothing else, think that as much as you can. Just look in the mirror and go, if only they could be me. Oh, exactly, exactly. Uh, Zach, what would you say? What are your top tips on Pride? Top tips. Don't listen to the media. Don't mm -hmm. listen to the doctors. Don't listen to family and friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, Georgia, what are your top tips? I did. You need to celebrate the small achievements. Yes, like, yes. Today, today, I went to see my friends for the first time on my own, and I'm like, yeah. And oh. um, and you 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 both you want to you both you then um, and and I did well opposite to that come like I do have a body well not being accepted in but my family in Korean I do it to them and hardly the more you have the accommodation the easier that they become mm. yes. 
No, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. I think my top tips are just be proud of the community. I'm very proud of the community. Mm. Because everything mm. I want is within it. Every single person mm. I want is within it. Mm. But I want everyone else to see that. I want everyone else to embrace it and engage so they can see the pride. So yeah, be proud of who you are. Be proud of who you're with. Because the disabled community, the mental health community, all intertwines, all one. The carer community, all intertwines into one. Yeah. We're all proud. We may all live very, very strong difficult lives at times but that's not our fault that's put upon mm. us from external sources so let's just be proud and i think and it's an amazing anyway. community yep. it is it it's is. the best it's it who else would put up with me <laughs> exactly it's true without saying that mate who else would put up with me I mean, i'll put up with you imagine if i wasn't time. disabled god blimey, i'd probably be lynched by now <laughs> no, be the david lynch film mick that'd be the well, lights have gone out yeah, no one's home. But yeah, uh, Zach, are we out of time? Are we overrun? <laughs> What's happened to Mick? <laughs> freeze frame. He's freeze frame, and the dog just pushed away. <laughs> that's this the is first. that's the yes. It's finally happened. I think we. I think this is the perfect thing to finish up. <laughs> Look, Mick Scarlet. <laughs> Screen show. You can take a photo. <laughs> anyway, here. <laughs> Zach, if you can wind up, thank you for watching this episode of Disability Horizons TV. Uh, join us in a couple of weeks when I think one of the others will be hosting if he's managed to unfreeze himself like Mr. Freeze from Batman. Anyway, yeah, be proud of who you are. Be proud of who you're with. Just absolutely. But take care and freedom, day. Just he's please gone. take care. But guys, love to all. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Peace out. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank Bye. you, Georgia. Thank you. Thank you, Jim.